0: I'm still not feeling very well. The toxic air in the mine was horrid, and my ears are still sort of ringing. Igmit was saying one of his ears isn't even functioning very well. Firing a gun down there probably wasn't our brightest idea. On the topic of bright ideas, I sure wish we had one regarding that statue. Anyway, we're about ready to ride back to Fillmore's Crossing. Not looking forward to crossing those salt flats again, but a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do.
1: Y'all should just take them horses. We ain't gonna use them for nothing. They're fast and strong and they know the way.
2: Didn't we ride here on horses? What happened to us? Somebody run off with them? No. You, he
1: looks at uh, Igma and he goes,
2: You explain about taking an extra set of horses there, sir. You,
1: you seem to know what you're talking about. I'm gonna go and get Oh! This. That I
3: excuse me, I was distracted. You know, I, I was uh I was shooting lizards out back, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, is that what you arcs call it? <laughs> <laughs> Here
3: here's the deal, my eastern friend. If we take an extra set of horses, that means you, you perverted son of a bitch, I'm sorry. insinuating that I, a gentleman, would do such things while working. Thank you very much. My mama raised me better than that. Now, what was I saying? I don't
0: even know. Oh, the horses! Oh, you knew horses. About horses.
3: <laughs> so if we take a second set of horses, we can ride as hard as we want on the first set and have a fresh set to take on the the second, second half of the journey. Um, they'll, they'll be uh, far more rested um, and we'll get there far quicker.
0: The third day is coming up. The faster we can get there, the better.
2: Yeah, I think the the quicker we can talk to talk to old man Fillmore about um how we're shutting his mind down, uh, I think that would be the better too.
3: Yeah, I I I I reckon that's a good idea. Uh Mr. Mining Feller, I appreciate your offer.
1: Good luck there, fellas! Now you go stop this. <laughs> alrighty let's (laughs) saddle up boys
2: alright let's let's get moving
1: alright so you guys you guys grab the reins on two other or three sorry another horse each so three in total and like he said these horses are strong Um, they're very strong looking and they look well rested like they haven't done any work in quite some time and they're all brown one of them has white spots and the other one has like like tannish spots against uh but the other one is just like completely brown and yeah you guys grab onto their reins and you start riding hard why don't you guys all give me an animal handling check 13 oh
2: 21
1: oh
0: that's a nat one damn it (laughs) <laughs> so
2: you have the worst luck with fucking horses and with con saves. I've never tried fucking horses. What do you... <laughs> What, uh... Well, that's why you're so bad at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is your, uh... What do you add to that natural one? I didn't know even bothered adding to natural ones, but my animal handling is a four. Alright. You dig your, your heels into your horse and as Igmat starts tearing past you, he slaps your horse on the rear. And <laughs> 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 you kind of startle in your uh, in your seat a little bit, but you manage to hang on. But uh, for the most <laughs> for the most part, you had very little to do with uh, getting your horse going. Falk, you have very little trouble with uh, with your horse, however, and you dig your heels into its haunches and take off kicking up dust, riding as hard as you guys can um, directly back towards Fillmore's Crossing. Igmet in the lead. You guys ride for a solid two or three hours, and um, I want you to give me another uh, animal handling check just to keep up this, this pace. Because you guys have made really good time. Um, Igmet was able to assist you. Tom, any that your horse kind of got a little riled up or anything like that, so...
2: That was a 15 plus 1, so a 16 this time. Okay. Uh, I got a 4. Oh, shit. Okay. So you start uh, shooting your lizards uh, on the back of your horse there <laughs> to get spooked out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what'd you get, Tom?
0: I rolled my nat 1 around in my hands for a bit before I dropped it on the counter and got a 23.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. So this time, as Igmet oh. starts to lose oh, his balance, <laughs> Tom comes up to the side of him and, like, grabs onto the back of Igmet's vest and, like, rights him for a second. And, Tom, what do you want to do?
0: After I, after I pull him back up onto his horse, I just kind of give him a cheesy grin, and then I pull his hat down in front of his eyes and ride off. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna kill you. He's <laughs>
1: super gonna kill me.
0: <laughs>
3: God damn you, you priest.
1: <laughs> and, and Falk, you're doing fine. Um, Tom is, uh, Tom is starting to seem a lot more comfortable in the saddle, though. And, uh, you're actually kind of impressed. And you guys keep riding for. Another couple of hours. Do you have any intentions of stopping or slowing down to eat or anything like that? You guys are starting to get kind of hungry.
2: Yeah, I'll mention that I, I feel a little bit peckish and, uh, and want to, you know, cool it for a bit.
1: Like, you guys don't have to stop riding, but you do need to stop riding at this pace if you want to eat some food and stuff.
2: And uh, have we gone far enough that it would necessitate switching the, the horses at this point or uh, not yet?
1: I mean, you would say you would think because it's been about six hours, and uh, holy shit! So that would make it. Well, I mean, you guys rode for two or three hours. I made you roll a check, and honestly, just describing everything that you're going past is really boring. So,
2: yeah, I noticed that uh, that my horse um, it's starting to get it uh, like labored breathing and all that kind of stuff because of all the the shit that I backed onto it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm like, uh, whoa, guys, uh, whoa, let's uh, let's chill out and, and swap horses here for a bit, and uh, you know, just kind of kind of take a little break.
0: Can we take a break on the move? I'm not anxious to see if any more bandits arrive.
2: Well, I need to switch my stuff over to one of the other horses, so I, I, it, that usually works better when we're stopped.
1: Can you explain our surroundings right now? You guys are. You guys are about halfway through your journey, so it's basically just flat desert. Um, there's a lot of those uh, those tall cacti. The uh, starts with an S. Saguaros. What's the name? Of it? Saguaro's, Sawaros. Yeah.
2: S- saguaros. And a, do- a doorbell or something out here, apparently.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm turning it off.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, as soon as I, I stop and start like transferring my gear over, I, um, you know, kind of start talking to them. I'm, Yeah, so uh, the way I see it, we need uh, to go to Fillmore first and um, let him know that, you know, we kind of uh, shut his mine operation down. He's not going to be too happy about it, but uh, eh, what's he going to do?
3: Oh, he could drive us out into the wilderness with a huge posse. That's one
0: option. He won't do that.
2: He needs us. Well, I tell you what, I ain't no huge posse, and I, I would be putting up a fight if he were to try that.
0: All right. Speaking of his need for us, what are we going to do about tomorrow?
2: Uh, that's the that's the big question. I mean, uh, first off, we'll, we'll need to to touch base with with Boris and the deputy, and um, kind of figure out what happened with uh, with with uh, Kelso. God, I hope that was his name. <laughs> <laughs> Kelson,
0: I think it was.
2: No, Winslow. I, I always um, kind of yep. combine together. It's Kellen Kellen and Winslow. Winslow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we 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 really need to figure out what's uh, what's going on with that. But um, <laughs> Carl, I mean, honestly, from what we got from the mines, I, I still don't know what exactly is the trigger. I mean, my my best guess is that it's the. You know the the curse from the you know statue that's actually causing people to to you know experience this uh, this madness. But I, I can't put together how that's happening. I mean, unless you got some ideas, Tom.
0: Who's on our list? We've lost Ingrid to the madness. The man in the bar. The woman going to the camp.
2: Well, we also had. Uh, Either Upton Jones or, the, um, or Birdie. Um, we don't know their story. All I know is either. that the, the place was a bloodbath, so we don't know what the story is. Yeah, you're right. Hmm.
0: Birdie Nelson. The only ones that
2: Birdie Mickelson.
0: The only ones I can think of where we actually know their story was Ingrid and the man in the bar, and both of them were mad after falling asleep. I maintain my theory that people should sleep in sh- in shifts in the jail cell.
2: Hey, speaking of sleep, didn't you say you had some sort of weird dream uh, the other night? Yes, it involved the Man in Black. Oh well, uh, yeah, he—he's part of this uh, somehow, but I, I don't think he's the—the the thing causing the magna- madness. Pretty sure he's what's causing all those miners to cough up their lungs, though. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I even remember to tell you. I'm pretty sure that, uh, the dragon that I talked to turns into that, uh, that singer or guitar player at night. Or whenever he wants to, really. The dragon turns into a guitar player.
3: I think you've been breathing those fumes for too long there, Falk.
2: <laughs> well, uh, funny you should mention fumes, because, yeah, the exact same fumes that, uh, that thing spits out are the same that uh, our, our friend the guitar player leaves behind every time he just disappears into nowhere.
0: While I acknowledge your authority on dragons is greater than mine, can't say I've ever heard of a dragon turning into a person.
2: Yeah, I mean, not much is really written out down about them, but I mean, you know, uh, they're magical beings, and magical beings often had the the ability to polymorph.
0: As you're saying that, I start to get a look in my and kind of look off into the distance as something occurs to me and I say what was that you were shouting to us down in the dragon's lair <laughs> as we were running away what? <laughs> you mentioned the director
2: yeah um I mean what kind of vibe have you ever gotten from him have you spent any time with him at all alone with without other people no and I don't care to well uh We had a moment back, uh, after we had killed that vampire, and we were trying to get the girls free, uh, I was, you know, executing my, uh, my perfect plan there of distracting, um, my friend Humpy, and, um, getting the, the paperwork damaged so I'd have to redo it, and, um, he caught me. He had me dead to rights, he knew what was going on, and, um, he pulled me to the side in the elevator... And um, said as much. And uh, he also mentioned that um, he was going to help us along, um, and that sometime I would have to um, return favor in kind if he should ask for it. And uh, while all that was going on, I saw his eyes. Um, they they changed, and and they became just like that dragon's eyes, you know, with the the up and down. Slits, You know, they were no longer just round pupils like me and you have. It was, um... It was fucking frightening, dude.
0: Help us along. What has the director ever done for us?
2: Well, he made it so that we weren't, uh... You know, executed for trying to help witness his escape. I see.
3: Alright. I don't understand this workplace drama or the... Sexual undertones of Fox' relationship with your boss, <laughs> but uh, we've got a town to save, and I reckon we we best get going.
2: All right, we can kind of get moving, but uh, but yeah, we can definitely revisit this at some point because um, I'm I'm not so sure that uh, that the FIA or, or maybe even the Imperium as a whole. Are really the good guys in a lot of this
3: oh my hell do you think the, the Imperium are the good guys good <laughs> lord <laughs> they send out their armies and their builders and their miners and just take my indigenous land land that's been in my family since time began and you think they're the good guys good hell
0: what say we get going Times are wasted. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, once, once a half orc gets political, y'all want to go. I'm already go. getting up on my horse.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Roll
1: an animal handling check. Yeah, Donnie Fort. Donnie 16. Some bullshit. I need an animal handling from everybody. Uh, nine
2: plus one, uh, 10.
1: Uh,
2: 8 plus 2, so 10 18, 4, 22 Oh
1: shit You guys all do Tom does exceptionally well <laughs> Tom really well. wants to get away from this conversation <laughs> <laughs> So does my horse And he's gone in a flash Uh, You guys catch up to him after a little while But it definitely takes you guys A little bit longer to get up to the pace That uh, Tom is at My horse and I always have bonding moments Over running away from orcs <laughs> <laughs> You guys, uh, you guys keep going for another couple of hours, and again, it doesn't seem like anything is really on the horizon other than uh, at this point, all of you guys make a perception check.
0: Perception.
2: Uh, 13.
1: 23. 19.
2: Okay, so oh, I forgot. Everybody... I'm at disadvantage still, aren't I, from uh, being outside?
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's about to be sundown too, so you're at especially disadvantage. I'm
2: at advantage. <laughs> I gotta roll okay. again.
1: <clears throat> nope, still twenty-five.
2: Well, I rolled better the second time, so yeah, still uh, still thirteen.
1: So everybody above uh seventeen, you can start to see Philmar's crossing in the distance, and you think that. Uh, that this plan has actually worked pretty well in the next couple hours, you should be there, and it shouldn't even be that late by then. It'll maybe be eight, nine o'clock, something in that uh, area. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so, I have a uh,
2: feeling there's a butt coming on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's time for the last, uh, the last animal handling check, and that'll be if you guys can do well enough. Uh, Eleven. 21, 14. All right. Yeah, you guys do well enough. And a couple hours later with your uh, horses lathered in sweat and your coats covered in dust and also your faces probably. And, you know, there's that that gritty feeling as you're blinking your eyes. And every time you smile, you can just feel it like sandpaper against your flesh. But (laughs) you're in Fillmore's Crossing.
2: So uh yeah I'm thinking of uh at least myself going straight to to Elmer to break the news to him um it's up to well, If
3: if you don't mind my suggestion I think we should get the deputy just to just to be there I feel like that might uh make Mr. Fillmore a bit more pliable if you will
2: I feel like I could use a drink Of course you do All right well um yeah, let, let's go grab the deputy and then uh, head to head to Fillmore's house. All right, we'll get Bruce along too. I, I guess the more uh, more of us there, the the less inclined they'll be to posse up and try to take us on for for kind of cutting into a, their business. Who's Bruce? Oh, Boris. Sorry, oh, <laughs> I had a friend in high school named Bruce, and they kind of look like it's kind of weird. I mean, obviously the accent was different uh, (laughs) because, you know, Bruce kind of sounded a lot like me, but, um, you know.
1: So where do you guys want to go first? To the deputy?
2: We're going to go to, uh, yeah, the deputy um, to pick up him and Bruce and then... Boris. All right up to, (laughs) yeah. I didn't want to fuck it up by saying the name wrong again, so I just tried to play it off like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's just go there.
1: (laughs) All right, so you guys start heading through... The houses and the majority of them are made from made from uh, adobe bricks and and different shod materials that they can find. And then you get in the center of town where the buildings get more wooden. And uh, like we said before, there is the only uh, concrete bank in town, the bank concrete building jesus fucking christ (laughs) i can't talk today but yeah you guys are at the deputy's office and boris is outside and he says uh oh thank heavens i thought you'd never return hello boris yeah what what
2: happened what do you mean you're not coming to see the body well uh yeah but uh, there's somewhat of a more pressing thing the the body will remain there um, for the time no, being. No, no, um, you need to come and look at this. And wait, whose party? Uh, I'm guessing Kellen Winslow.
3: I just want to make sure nobody else died. <laughs> Good hell.
2: <laughs> All right, let's let's go in there. Um, I tie up the the horse outside the um the thing there.
1: The deputy uh tips his hat to you. You see that uh, Ingrid is sleeping on her cot, and he says. Now, this this cannot leave this room. I think Mr. Winslow right. was poisoned.
2: Poisoned? So, like, all that... I thought he had scratches all over himself and, you know, um, lots of, you know, blood on the outside of him. What Did all that stuff happen from within or something?
1: Mm, I brought over Mr. Breakfast you know he he's got a little bit of experience in anatomy things like that you know he's dealt with with trying to heal folk and sometimes those folk die and I was also hoping that you might take a look at him Tom but very well Mr. Mr. Breakfast he uh he said that he thinks that he was poisoned and that these wounds look uh uh like they were he used a fancy word but they were inflicted after he died.
2: Oh. Um like self-inflicted or like
1: I think someone was trying to cover up for something.
2: Oh man. Um and uh, like what uh, So he he was left alone in here at some point. Um he, neither you or Boris were in here.
1: We were chasing Igmat and Boris kind of looks down at his feet like and he says, I mean, we thought that was the more pressing matter, but turns out we were wrong.
3: Um, Alright. Can Igmet um, smell the body? I mean,
1: yeah, you guys can all smell the body because <laughs> it's, uh, just under a sheet on the cot in the, in the jailhouse and it's been a day. You mean investigatively?
3: I mean... Yeah, yeah. I want. Oh, I, what? I want to see if it smells like sulfur.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got really offended there for a second. Last, like, the fuck. You're not a bloodhound, bro. Like, why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check? And uh
2: <laughs> you're not a bloodhound, bro. I don't know why that struck me as funny.
3: 19.
2: Would it be weird for me to try to roll an uh, insight check to see if, like, the... What we can see on the body kind of matches up with what um, Breakfast had uh, said about it?
1: You can try, but I'm going to set it pretty fucking high, dude. Okay. Um, yep, that's not However, happened.
2: I rolled four on the die, so... <laughs>
1: And then, uh, Tom, you can make a medicine check. So, over in the third cell from your right, or I'm sorry, from your left, is the is the one where there's a cot with just a with just a uh, sheet pulled over what looks to be a body, but it's the way that it's creating the the lumps in the blanket seem just a little bit weird. And Igmit, what was your perception again? I'm sorry.
3: 19. Dirty 19.
1: You don't smell anything other than decay. All right. But definitely no sulfur. Um, 18 plus... 25 for medicine. Okay. So you pull back this... You pull back this sheet... And you look down at the body of Kellen Winslow, and there are just wrens through his flesh. And at his joints, so like his elbows and his knees and his hips, he's been he's been he's been chopped in what appears to be a very by a very sharp blade. And his Veins are all bulging and purple, and his his face in and throat area are bulging. And again, like his pallor, it has this purple overtone, but it's also like a a deep blue tinge to him. And you kind of pull out your um your dagger and you use it to kind of pry his mouth open and you peer inside and just with how swollen his tongue and the rest of his his body is it looks like like anaphylactic shock but but caused incredibly rapidly and by something that also seemed to have poisoned his bloodstream incredibly rapidly and the amount of blood that is on this cot that it, it doesn't look like it, the sheets have been changed or anything like that. It seems like the blood coagulated quickly. And so the work done with this sharpened blade didn't create a whole lot of mess. And so you also come to the conclusion that, that Kellen Winslow must have died before all of these wounds and things were inflicted upon him. And you would venture to guess that he ingested this poison somehow it was not like injected or something into him it was put into some food or drink maybe so let me
0: get that straight he he showed up by the stable he was already looking rough he already had blood but then they locked him in the cell and he then allegedly
1: poisoned himself and then he received more slicings you don't know if he po- you don't think that he poisoned himself he was poisoned by something that he ate or drank and then it looked like somebody must have come in and tried to make it look like whatever is going on in Fillmore's instead of gotcha. whatever it was that happened to him. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Would be your conclusion.
2: How long was he in the cell alive before this happened?
1: I mean, we, we contacted you not long after, after we discovered him, so, I mean, the majority of the day. You know, we didn't yeah. we didn't call you until you were about to go to bed. You know, and, and, and uh, hold on. And he kind of rubs his temples, and it looks like he hasn't shaved in a while, and he scratches the side of his face and starts pacing back and forth. And Boris also looks nervous, but he doesn't really show it through movement. Instead, he kind of crosses his arms and goes into a sort of defensive position and uh, Boris actually starts to speak up first and he says well we we knew you was gone and so when we saw Master Igmet strolling by the well it it was late but you know no other no other orcs feel welcome enough to stroll through here or so said my friend here, and I agreed that Igmat must also be gone, so we decided to go and have a word with him. And, well, he he's really fast.
2: <laughs> and so all this had happened while you were gone? I mean, we,
1: we chased him for a good... And that's when uh, Deputy Portnoy starts speaking up and he says, I mean, we chased him for a good 15, 20 minutes or so. I mean, but whatever did it, did it fast.
2: Um, whenever he ate or drank under your custody before this happened, um, did it, uh, who got him his food and, and water? and um, Or was it one of the, the girls from the crossing house that brought all that over?
1: Nah, Track himself brought it. Remember, we, we sent him over. He went to the crossing house, picked up some food. And then, I mean, the girls brought a munch and dinner, but, so, I mean, I think it was Andrea the first time, and then, or it was Andrea both times, but track for breakfast.
2: Alright, and um, who had been bringing the, the water, and then also, had all of you been drinking the same water?
1: He uh, looks at a bucket in uh, on the table in, like, the kitchenette area off to the off to the left um but front corner so it'd be like nearer toward the doors and uh instead of you know back by the cells and stuff and there's just a bucket with a ladle and some cups next to it he says yeah i mean i don't see no reason why we can't i mean now i do (laughs) but before you
2: know um, I'd like to do an investigation check on the water Like to see if it smells weird or off or anything like that And look at the color Okay uh, twelve plus, uh, five
1: No, not really Mr. Portnoy, when was the last
0: time you slept? Uh, uh it, it's been a bit Perhaps one of us, or perhaps all of us in shifts Ought to watch the jail and you ought to get a good night's sleep we're going to have a long day tomorrow.
1: Um, uh, no, yeah, I okay. Um, thank you. Do we have any idea what may have
0: caused these? What do you call uh, sli- lacerations? <laughs> did he actually get his limbs sliced off? What did you say about that?
1: Yeah, so his limbs were sliced at the knees, the hips. And the elbows and shoulders and his torso was separated from his hips as well. Good
2: grief. Um, can I do, uh, I guess an investigation on like which direction all the lacerations like came from. And then like, you know, were they just on the front of his body or on the back too? And, um, you know, stuff yeah, like that, ahead. trying to derive whether the killer would have been right-handed or left-handed or, you know, maybe porcupine like, um, Twelve, five, seventeen 17 again.
1: So you think that this creature was quite a bit taller than than Mr. Winslow. And Mr. Winslow stands fairly tall. Um, You know, you only saw him down on the ground, but his son Trek was at least five or six inches taller than you were. And so you imagine that uh, whatever this was, must've been pretty tall.
2: All right. And like, where they, um, did they all start in sort of center mass and work their way out? Or is there like no rhyme or reason to, you know, which direction the, the cuts were all over.
1: So they basically look like they kind of worked their way up and, and they kind of get, uh, deeper as you get to the top you know what i mean so like they kind of start a little bit shallow at the bottom and <laughs> and start to get deeper at the at the top and then the weird thing about the the way that it was that his body was cut up with the sharp implement is that it seems as though they just worked their way up again so like it looks like they just scratched it and then Started cutting, you know, at the knees and then at the hips and then you know what I mean, and just kind of went in an order. And oh okay. then,
2: um Igmit, uh, do these wounds look like to you any sort of uh you know blade that you're familiar with or anything?
3: Not not anything I've I've ever seen before. That's that's strange. And so it's not <clears> like <throat> some
2: sort of uh Orkish thing that we're lo- looking for, looking at right here.
3: Not that, not that I'm familiar with, at least.
2: Well, well, we need to go talk to Andrea and track. Who do you want to go talk to first? Um, I'll go to the crossing house first because I, I want to look around the the kitchen as well.
1: The kitchen was is visible basically from the bar. If you recall, they have uh, they have kind of a hearth in behind the bar because it just extends back just a little ways and there's a bunch of shelves and stuff around it and the booze is kind of kept behind the counter and so yeah you can easily you don't even have to really
2: well i want to go back there and and root through some stuff to see if i see like yeah 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 yeah, you you know empty suspicious bottles and and things like that that might have been uh you know something we should see so, um, okay. yeah, I, I walk in and, uh, you know, um, this was the place that only had the one swinging door, right? Cause the other one had fallen off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like I, I go in and instead of walking around the, the one that's just not even there, I do swing <laughs> open the one door as I come in and, um, you know, it kind of makes that creaking noise and everything and starts like, you know, swinging and hitting the stops on, on both sides. And, um, who's, who's around, uh, right now.
1: So right now there are a couple of minors that are drinking at the bar and Andrea is sitting at a table and she's holding on to her little sister Prentice who is wearing a dress and it looks like, like Andrea is maybe singing to her or something and trying to get her to go to sleep. And, uh, and, and Prentice like, Seems to be fighting it. You can you can tell that, you know, she's got heavy eyelids, but you know, is is being stubborn about the issue and Polly is behind the bar and she's currently pouring a a shot for one of the miners that is drinking there. And she says, Well hi there.
2: I um again forget that I'm not wearing a hat and I go to tip my hat and it's not there and then I just kinda awkwardly brush my hair back. And, um, then kind of wave my hand and say, uh, hi. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, the deputy said he didn't want the information getting out. So, um, ah, fuck it. So, uh, <laughs> something, um, has, uh, happened next door. Uh, you know, uh, one of them got, like, a real bad case of, uh, of the spurts, uh, for lack of a, a better term to use. And, um... They said that all their food came from here, and that like also, I'm sure you you know remember when the, you know our friend and the deputy were chasing around a, a you know orc fellow that looks like our other friend, and um, you know that they, they wanted me to come over and check out like the the food area here and just make sure everything was was clean and that that orc didn't like sneak in here and and like put something in their food. So I'm just looking around for for anything that might be, um, you know, left behind if that happened and, you know, just trying to roll some stuff out real quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, if that, if you need to, I guess that's fine. Um, only me and the girls have been back here though. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. And, uh, she lifts up part of the counter and waves you to come behind the bar.
2: All right. Uh, 19 on the die plus uh, five for investigation.
1: So, you start looking just around the hearth area, and you know the flat metal piece that acts as sort of a griddle um and there's currently a large pot that's filled with a stew sitting over the fire, and you know better than to check any of the things that look to be more communal, and so you know you start looking at some of the some of the eggs that are sitting around and Then you start going through the compost bucket um, at looking at the eggshells and carrot tops and some of the gristle from the meat that she's served today. And you're just making your way through all of the different parts of this kitchen for maybe 15 minutes or so. And you notice that there is, there's a vent on the back wall and one of the nails that holds it in isn't in the hole. So, like, it's a, it looks like it's just a, a, like a metal grate, basically. And there's a nail in three of the corners, but it's missing from one of them. And that corner that it's missing from is just bent up just a little bit. But the thing is, is like, you would have to be quite small. And I mean, You've met gnomes and halflings in Farport before, but they're pretty uncommon, and you haven't seen any in Fillmore's Crossing at all. And you would even have to be relatively small for a gnome or a halfling to even fit into a vent of this size, but you can see that it does lead to outside.
2: Um, can I roll like a, a history check to see if I would be familiar with... Um like, you know, like, uh, sort of druidic type of spells or spells that people can use to become smaller things.
1: Yeah, sure, go ahead.
2: Uh, 16 plus uh, history, 2.
1: You've, you've read about a spell called reducer enlarge, and you've heard of people casting it before, and you know that you don't necessarily have to be that powerful to do it.
2: All right, I kind of also tug on the um the grate a little bit to see if it like has played to like where it comes oh, away it from the wall. Oh, it feels loose. And... Oh, okay. So, um am I able to actually like pull it all the way away from the wall
1: without any effort basically?
2: Oh, okay. And then um like is the can I put it back into the wall and the nails go right into place?
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean like it almost like as you're trying to line it up, you touch one of the nails and it just feels a little bit tacky.
2: Uh tacky how? Like sticky?
1: Like like sticky tacky. Sticky, sorry.
2: Oh okay.
1: I realized that I was talking about a nail and then I said tacky, it was like wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good adjective, bro.
2: Was <laughs> oh, it in like plaid and um <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um so uh it it like it looks like it was tacky, like, sticking to the grate itself to where, like, they stay in place when you move it in and out from the thing.
1: It, yeah, it basically feels like, uh, like, so you're, you touch this and you look inside of the hole and it looks like there is just a little bit of a substance on the inside of these holes.
2: All right, um, I, uh, let's see.
1: I'm gonna pause for a second and see what the hell the rest of these other guys are up to. Okay, cool. So, oh, yeah. Igma, Tom, what you guys doing? I want to make my way to the cemetery. Okay. Uh, do you want to go and see Dusty Barnes? Is that yeah? Dust- oh, okay. Dusty the grave digger. <laughs> so yeah, you you uh, you walk down the thoroughfare and past the bank and um. And you head and make your way and find yourself at, uh, old Dusty Barnes, uh, residence. Well, hell! Didn't expect to see you so quick. Oh, he's out whittling in front of his, uh, in front of his house. Although he starts up real quick from his chair and the rocking chair starts to keep rocking behind him rather vigorously. And for an old man, he seems rather spry and his, you know, couple teeth are... Quite white, which is odd, considering that he only has a couple of teeth, and you know he runs up to you and what 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 can old Dusty Barnes do for you? It
0: weirdly puts me in a good mood to see him again, and uh I just think he for the guy that has the most morbid job, he's like the most cheerful person in town. <laughs> <laughs> i just kind of am amused by the irony I say, uh, hello Dusty How many coffins do you
1: have on hand? Well, see, here's the thing And this is gonna sound a lot worse than, you know I'm gonna mean it But I got, uh, you know, a couple couple of regulars I got one extra large in case Elmer kicks it (laughs) And then I got a (laughs) child-sized coffin
0: How well do the lids seal to the coffins? Do you nail them?
1: I mean, does a pronghorn shit in the desert? <laughs> 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 tell me
0: about that mausoleum. How do you get inside?
1: Well, you gotta be a Fillmore, but uh I'm counting on the fact that his kids don't like him much, and so I'm thinking that we might get to put him in that box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more practically, um is there a door? Well, I mean I mean yeah, that's that's, that's buildings have Now Tom are you fucking with me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does it seal from the
1: outside or can it be pushed open from the inside? Well how else am I supposed to stick more fillmores in there? How am I supposed to fill it more? <laughs> <laughs> fucking
2: gosh. <laughs> really you're gonna like make a comment about that, Brian?
1: Just in awe that Tim's doing it. Um, I'm not doing anything. This is Dusty Barnes, (laughs) thank you.
0: Are your coffins comfortable inside? Are they
1: padded or are they simply wood? I mean, I'll sell you one. You can try it out. (laughs) Let me look at one. All right, come on in. And uh, he opens up his door. And it's just covered in wood shavings as though... As though he does all of his work, all of his coffin making inside and then goes and whittles outside for some reason. And uh, (laughs) he's got all of his coffins lined up and there's a bed and there is a small wood stove that has a flat top and it looks like he heats things up on it. And then there is a shelf with just can after can of beans. (laughs) (laughs) You hungry? I'll put something on! No, thank you. Oh! oh, Now you don't be like that, boy! And he rushes over and grabs (laughs) a knife and starts opening up a can of beans and he sets it on top of the, uh... on top of the, um, wood stove. Um... You got anything to drink? Boy, I'll tell you what! And, uh, he... goes over beside his bed and he grabs this crate and sets it on his bed and it's uh, just a bunch of bottles of whiskey. They look like uh, very cheap bottles of whiskey because they just say X three times on them. <laughs> but uh, He uh, tosses it one to you and goes, Aged to perfection! So uh, I'm going to look at one of the coffins. What's the interior look like? They're literally just pine boxes. Okay. He goes, "I mean, we just you know wrap him in a cloth and, and put them in there." <laughs> Are they roomy enough inside that one could roll over on their side?" He runs over um, after like scratching the side of his face for a second, and he lays one down and hops inside <laughs> of it and goes, "Put the cover on, put the cover on. Let's see. I shut him in. It's he got like,
2: weird real quick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he like uh rolls over once and he kinda knocks the cover up and he goes Oh no 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 I think I think I can do this without and he rolls around a couple of times more like you could hear him banging around inside and he says if you're real careful like you could I guess Here you get out let me in Alright and uh he puts the cover down and uh you can hear him chuckling. I reluctantly <laughs> take my hat off so the brim doesn't get bent. Okay. Yeah, he puts the cover over you, and you're in. It's not too. It's not even super dark in there, because it's not like the boards are so well planed that uh, that there aren't cracks in it. So you can still kind of see what you're doing in there. Dusty, can you hear me?
0: Dusty. <laughs> okay,
1: oh, I got you good. I bet you <laughs> thought that I couldn't hear you. You're just in a pod box. Of course I could hear you.
2: <laughs>
0: Dusty, drive a, drive a couple nails in the lid.
2: Uh, uh... What? Are you practicing a magic act or something? <laughs> just
1: drive the nails, Dusty. Oh, oh. Okay, he starts pounding a couple nails in um, on either side of the coffin. I give the lid a budge and I say, do some more. Drive as many nails as you would normally do. What the fuck? I am going to go over to Igmet and see what Igmet <laughs> is doing. Because <laughs> amateur David Blaine is fucking...
3: <laughs> oh, Igmet's just at the table... With uh, Miss Andrea, and he's double-fisting uh, glasses of beer and uh, teasing his l- the little sister. That's all he's doing.
2: The one that she was trying to put to bed. <laughs> Asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you get yeah. a lot of dirty looks from Andrea as you're like poking and prodding her and keeping her awake, and finally she goes. Mr. Igmet, we're gonna go upstairs so I can get her to go to sleep. Thank you. I'm just having a little fun. I understand, Mr. Igmet. And it, good night. Good night. And she kind of stomps on a couple of steps as she heads upstairs. And uh, Prent—you can see Prentice sticks out her tongue at you as. Uh, <laughs> And she's like, you know, hanging over her shoulder, going, uh, and then she went, like it's like a playful stick out her tongue at you. You know what I mean? Like she kind of like, <laughs> thought you were funny. All
3: right. I I just yell after him, "Good night, little Missy," and uh, chuckle.
1: So that's all. You funny. hear a very diminutive uh, "Good night" behind, and then a "Shh, you hush <laughs> up, girl," and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And, uh, so I guess, Falk, what, uh, what's going on, buddy?
2: When I notice the, the slime in that uh, in that vent, um, I, like, reach up on the, the top of the counter and kind of, you know, feel around for the closest glass and then grab it and bring it down there and scoop a bunch of the slime in the glass to inspect it better.
1: I mean, you're not able to get a bunch really. It's You kind of can get a little bit from onto your dagger, but you can definitely not get enough to fill a glass at all.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to put some in the glass because I don't want to touch it directly.
1: Yeah, you like wipe it on the edge of the glass. And uh... Igmit, why don't you roll me a perception check?
3: Okay. Oh, that's a dirty 20.
1: You see that Falk is fucking around with a with a dagger and a glass and he's like wiping something? If you wanted, you could go over and see what's going on.
3: Yes, I will. Um
1: so I I walk up to him and um Your orcish nose immediately gets a slight whiff of that evergreen kind of piney scent, like uh like it's very, very oh. faint, but as you get kind of close, you get that scent. Do
3: you, Do you smell that, Falk?
1: And Falk, you uh, you also get that smell. Um, after Igmat says that, like, and it seems to be coming off of the dagger.
3: It smells like pine trees.
2: Yeah, quite a bit. Um, does it come? Uh, does the smell also come from what is the residue on the glass, or just only? on the dagger, like it's reacting with the
1: Also on the residue on the glass, yeah
2: Oh, okay uh, Yeah, you, you ever smell anything like this that it wasn't a tree?
1: Yes, you probably would have actually, because I would think that Igmet would have experience with pine tar which is why I brought you over
2: Oh! So, with the with the grate out of the, uh, the vent, like, um how big is the vent opening, like, altogether?
1: It's like, two feet by two feet
2: Oh, okay. So, like, a, a normal-sized person, um, would be able to fit through there. It'd just be really cramped. They'd have to kind of be, like, a Bishop from Aliens when he's crawling around in that tube.
1: You still, I mean, it's a little bit less than that. Let's, uh, let's call it a foot and oh, a half okay. by a foot and a half, because, like, you definitely don't think that you could fit in there, but, like, Prentice definitely could. You know what I mean? Oh,
2: okay.
3: Well, to me, that I think that's just pine tar, which which it which does have its uses. I don't know why I I, I thought it must have been from far away, some pine forest, but uh, but yeah, uh, that's a fairly common substance.
2: Do you usually use it in vents?
3: Uh, well, I I don't use it much myself, but I I reckon someone could use it as a as a sealant or. Something like that to, to get something to stick.
2: Um, I kind of peer around in there. Is there anything that's sticking to it? Other than just like dust and dirt and, and shit?
1: No, I mean, it's literally just... Uh... So do you think that the substance is inside of the vent? Because it's just inside of the holes that the nails were in.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought the whole inside of the, the vent was, like, coated in that stuff, like... Something oh, I apologize.
1: Calculator. I wish I would have picked up on that sooner, because I was trying to bring Igmit over so that he could be like, dude, th- it's just to hold the nails in, bruh. What are you doing? Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, this I, is not the clue. I was like, I, I, I thought you were talking about inside the vent. Um,
2: oh, but- okay. All right, so, uh... Oh, man, um... So, I think somebody entered here. And then, you know, use the, the tar to stick it back in there so it would fall out. um, Like, possibly.
3: Tim, can uh, Igmet use his. I, I guess not use his dark vision, but but can he uh, make an investigation check and just look in, inside the vent, see if he sees any, maybe like uh, fingerprints or something, paw prints in the dust? Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps. Okay. Um, can I help what, him what with that? What kind of roll? check
2: would
1: that be? Do in, Do investigation. Okay. And can I help him out with that roll? Yeah, of course. Go ahead so, and take uh, advantage, uh, Igmat, So you can roll twice. Okay. Take the higher result. Oh, okay. So that
3: first one was twenty five.
1: Because you have better than plus five on your um on yours, right? Uh, right, Falk.
2: Yeah, mine's pretty good too.
1: Yeah, so I'll just give him advantage then, because it's basically the same as just rolling twice and taking the high result anyway.
2: Yeah, I
3: I got uh, the 25 is the higher of the 2.
1: So you you look and you can see that it appears as though somebody or something crawled through this vent, and not that long ago, because there really isn't that much more dust... um, because like there's definitely quite a bit of dust in this vent, and it doesn't look like it's been cleaned anytime recently. And so you can tell that some more dust has started to settle over this trail, but not enough that it isn't completely noticeable that somebody relatively recently was through this vent.
2: Can we tell the direction?
1: It looks like a both in and out. Oh, Okay. And it looks like you see hands and feet. Like, so, you see both shoes and hands.
2: Alright, um, what size are the hands?
1: Not very big. The size of a child's, like, uh, like an eight-year-old. But not, like, a big one.
2: Do they look like they're, like, you know, the human sort of layout of hands? Not, like, any sort of weird nails on them or anything? Yeah. So, uh... I I look towards the and kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit and nod my head. And then I yell out, um... Andrea, do you mind bringing your daughter back down here?
3: It's her sister, by the
1: way.
2: Oh, that's her sister? Yeah. Just bring her down here, whoever she is.
1: (laughs) Well, you wait for a little while, and you think that they might be all the way up on the third floor at this point, and they probably can't hear you.
2: Okay, so, uh... I get up. Is there anybody else in the bar area right now?
1: Yeah, there's, um, like I said, Polly is, she's tending the bar right now. And then there's uh, three miners specifically sitting at the bar um, drinking. All right.
3: Can, uh, while he goes up to get them, can Ignat go outside and find the uh, exterior vent? You
2: absolutely can. Okay. All right. I kind of pat him on the shoulder as uh, we split directions and then I head upstairs.
1: All right. And I go outside. So Igme, you go around back and it doesn't take you very long before you can see that there is a, a another great. This one is, uh, this one is about the same size as the other one, maybe a little bit bigger. They're not, they're definitely not uniform and it's uh-huh. about, Seven feet up in the air. Like, you would struggle getting into it without, like, a ladder or something like that. Right. Or at the very least, a stool, you know?
3: Can I make an investigation check on the ground underneath it? Maybe look for a track or something.
1: You can make me a survival check and an investigation check.
3: Okay. Okay, so the survival is a 14... And the investigation is an 11.
1: Okay. So you see that there are two sizes and sets of footprints that appear to be going both to and away from this building. And they're very faint because it's been a little while, but, uh, but you're pretty positive that there that there is the sign of of something coming from that grate directly. Now there is also a lot of other trail and stuff like that, so it's really hard to pick up exactly where it goes, except for away from the building, but you definitely are pretty confident that that something is going in and out of that grate. All right. And Falk, you are you are at on the second floor. You're at the end of the hallway and the, you're knocking on the door for a little while. And after maybe five, ten minutes or so, Andrea opens up the door and she's got Prentice in her arms. And she goes, what, what, what could you possibly? Oh, oh, hi. Um, how can I help you?
2: Uh, well, um, uh, this is going to seem like a weird, pre- uh, weird question, but does, uh, the little girl there ever get away from you guys? And you can't quite figure out where she gone to.
1: She looks at, uh, Prentice and she goes, now, what did you do? And Prentice kind of looks up at her and I, 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 don't know. I can't, I don't want to talk as a little kid, but, um, like she just kind of <laughs> looks up at her and says, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Well, uh, there's a grate downstairs in the kitchen that leads to the outside. Um, it's easily removable and uh, there's a bunch of prints that are, you know, roughly about her size, um, leading in and out.
1: Prentice's eyes get really wide. She doesn't say anything, but her eyes just get very obviously wide and uh, Andrea still looks rather confused.
2: So, uh, little girl, um, Look, I'm not trying to bust you on, you know, just getting in and out. Like, uh, you know, kids do stuff like that. I want to know, are you the only one that knows about that way in and out? And she shakes her head no. Uh, how many other people know about it? The man. Did you just say the man?
1: Yeah, he, he gives, he, she says he gives me candy.
2: He gives you candy. Uh, why don't you describe this man for me?
1: she she says that he uh, he's tall, and uh, he like she kind of describes like very general um features. She says that he has a big nose and uh, that he's wearing mostly black.
2: Is it the same man that plays guitar here sometimes?
1: She shakes her head, no huh.
2: um is is it human? Or is he human?
1: She kind of like looks at you funny for a second and then says and she nods her head yes.
2: Does he ever ask you for anything in exchange for the candy?
1: She nods her head yes.
2: What kind of stuff does he ask you to do?
1: Basically what she explains to you is that once yesterday she was just told to uh, put this special salt on on a plate.
2: Alright, um... Do you still have the salt?
1: She, uh... Shakes her head no.
2: So you had to go back and and give it to the man again?
1: She shakes her head yes. Or nods her head yes.
2: Um, what did did his uh, voice sound like? Did he have a a voice like he was from around here?
1: She nods her head yes.
2: Um, and is he somebody that other people have seen or is, have you only seen him alone just with you
1: she thinks for a second and she tells you that that she thinks that maybe people have have seen her talking to him before but definitely not not mom or Andrea
2: have you seen any of the other people talk to this person even when you weren't around talking to him
1: she nods her head yes
2: Uh, who did you see talking to this man
1: she says that uh that he's come into the bar and drank before
2: um how often does he come to the bar
1: she shrugs her shoulders and explains that she isn't allowed to stay up late very often
2: and um about how long have you noticed this man? Uh Has he, he become, been coming down here for years, months, days, even?
1: She kind of thinks about it for a second, and she's like, not that long.
2: Has he ever told you his name?
1: She shakes her head.
2: Well, uh, thank you, uh, sweetie, but, um... Don't go taking any candy from strangers anymore. Um, I'm not gonna say you did anything bad, but um, yeah, just just for the love of Ernie, don't. Andrea don't goes. Do
1: I will. You. This. That is really bad. Ernie, damn it, Prentice, How many? Tell the man how many times did you take candy from this man? And she holds up one finger at you.
2: Alright. I kind of figured that. um, I I think that's... um, I think that's all I need. Um, Thank you for for helping me here. Um, Yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that guy. If you see him, you come find... um, First, tell your your mother or your sisters, um, and then also get them to come and find either me, my partner, my other partner, or the deputy, immediately.
1: She nods her head at you, and Andrea says, I'm, I'll make sure to, to ask her on a fairly regular basis, and but if if that's all, sir, I'm I'm gonna go and put her to bed.
2: Alright, um, sleep safe. And then I turn around and start going back downstairs.
1: Um, I'm gonna go back to Tom. <laughs> So, Tom, you are nailed into a coffin. What, uh... <clears throat> I press against the lid with all my might. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a strength check? Strength...
0: <laughs> I was a 19, and it fell off the paper to a 5. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a 6 total. It does not budge at all. Okay. Um. Okay. Tom doesn't like enclosed spaces very much. He's not a freak about it, but he, he he doesn't love it. So how am I feeling?
1: Oh, you definitely, you're not, uh, you're not super comfortable with it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a will save? Will save. What is that? Or wisdom, wisdom, oh, okay. wisdom. Seven. Oh, uh, save is actually 10. Your heart is racing a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you can feel your adrenaline is kind of coursing through you, but you're doing an all right job of kind of controlling yourself. And you hear Dusty goes, All right, well, um, um, gosh, I gotta, let me go find my crowbar. Um, (laughs) I I can't remember where I said it. (laughs) Shit. Um, and he's, like, digging through a bunch of tools, and you just hear things clattering all over the place, and
0: (laughs) you start to hear, I grow grow increasingly uncomfortable. I'm
1: rolling another strike check. Okay. Ten. (laughs) It's still not budging at all. Um, why don't you go ahead and make me another wisdom save? Twelve. You're still doing all right, but, <laughs> I mean, you're definitely starting to get to a little bit, like... It's starting to set in a lot more, but you you start to feel things clattering um, up against this coffin as he, uh, is tossing things about this room... And then finally you feel the coffin kind of shift a little bit and then you start to hear the wood creak and groan against uh, what you assume is the crowbar against it. And he starts to pry it up and you're pushing along with him. And after he gets to a couple of uh, areas of this thing. And so, yeah, it, it pops open after, after he goes to three different spots and, you're breathing a little bit heavy and he's kind (laughs) of I don't know why you wanted to do that but boy you got a set of stones on you
0: (laughs) I slowly crawl out and put my hat back on and I say this is probably going to be the most unusual request you will ever receive but I may be sending people to you tomorrow to sleep in these coffins and I would hope that you seal them in just as well as you did me are you fucking kidding me <laughs> I just shake my head and uh, and then I say um and Dusty if anyone does take you up on the offer to bed down in these coffins should they somehow manage to break the lid open without the use of your crowbar you'd best fire a gun in the air hell you'd best fire a gun right at them if you get my meaning
1: are you fucking kidding me?
0: I take a swig of whiskey and give him a big pat on the shoulder. Thanks for the beans. If you've been enjoying LCP D&D, we would be honored to receive a review from you on Apple Podcast Services, Podbean, or any of the other podcast platforms. Other ways you could support our show are through pledging any amount of money at patreon.com slash by buying merchandise at lcp, or by simply sharing our content and telling people about us. But regardless of what you do, we would enjoy having you as a member of our growing community on Discord, where we hang out, post memes, and even host D&D sessions where you could play with us. The Discord link is in our podcast episode descriptions, or you can message us on any of our social media platforms, and we'll get you in. You can follow our show on Twitter at dndlcp and on Instagram at lcpdnd. Tim, our Dungeon Master, is on Twitter as IdaGrabYourGun. Chris, who plays Falk Smolder, is on Twitter as Chris LCP. Wesley, who plays Igmet Yazee, is on Twitter as Wide Wide Wes. I'm Brian, the player of Tom. And I'm on Twitter as ManlyBrian, and Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on the next one.
1: I just started recording. Oh, I should turn off my space heater. Brian's gonna get mad at me. He's gonna be <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> he gonna. He Is gonna that your be, new character voice? He gonna be <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> I
2: hate it so much. Perfect. <laughs>